Kristen. Would you give her a hand? I'm not sure if you know that years ago when I was just in the darkest of the dark, it was someone in Albany putting into my hand your trauma training DVD set. And it was me just sitting in Albany chewing through those chewing through those DVDs and you were such an anchor. You had no idea who I was, but you were such an anchor. You held me, you turned me. I started to get some answers um, because of what you fought for in your own life. So I just thank you so, so much. I reached, I remember just saying to the, the leadership, I wonder if Selma could ever come here, you know, little me, big Sandra, <laughs> and just wrote to her, <laughs> wrote to her, and she came, do you remember some years ago, was it three years ago, four, and she came and she did the trauma training series here in our, in our old building uh, before a team of us went to Kenya that, that year, and you really equipped us. Um, and it's just such a high honor that you'd, that you'd come back and that you'd continue to pour into our community. Thank you for all you've poured this week. You've fought for some individuals, but you've fought corporately. I was saying this morning, it's watching you minister, um, I think is an empowering thing of like, we can do this. We can do this. We can pull people out left, right, and center and get them back on the road. Um, and you're an empowerer. And we just bless you. We love you. We prayed over her this morning, but won't you just stretch out your hand and we just bless and welcome her. Oh, your kindness over her this morning, Jesus, your kindness over her. Thank you for your anointing. We welcome you here. We welcome your word. We welcome all of it. We thank you for what you fought for. Yeah, your feet have room here. We just bless your feet. We bless the sound they make when they come, when they come thunderously. We welcome your sound, Sandra. Just welcome your sound and we bless you. The Lord keep you a fun in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, there's going to be just a couple. We don't usually do this, but just passing some um, gray buckets around just to sow into Sandra's life. So in New Zealand, your ministry call is called House of Nahum. Nahum. Na House of Nahum. And um, you can look into that even online. And anything put into that basket today will we'll go to Sandra. But also if you want to pour into her life online, if we could do that by next Friday and just label it Sandra and just put that into, that into the Paradox account. But we just thank you for all you so here. Bless you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. <laughs> Actually, you won't be able to look it up online. <laughs> no, um, I wanted to do a website, but I haven't wanted to be more busy. And so I, I just stay really hidden. You know, we don't promote anything, and we just let God do it, and he does it, and we rest, and, and it's fun, but not overwhelming. So I know it's coming. <laughs> I know it's coming, uh, but it's just not there yet. Um, just a couple of things. I laughed when Brad said that because actually, you know, about the deliverance, actually, I, I was one of the speakers at a big conference in Taiwan, and we, were, we came in, and they didn't know that we were the speakers, of course, and so they were handing out little bags, little um, brown bags, and the Asians are so generous. I just thought they were giving each one of us a gift, you know, and so I took my bag, and I looked in it. I thought it maybe was chocolate or something, and I was looking in it, and there was nothing in it, and I just looked. I, I said, what, you know, what's this? And they said, that's the vomit bag. I was like, oh. 
I'm the speaker. We probably won't need it. <laughs> but I thought it was quite interesting that they at least, you know, provided for us just in case. And um, I do want to ask the worship team a big favor. Oh, my gosh. Would you pray about recording um, that sound of awake? Um, personally, I would love it uh, for when I speak. I think I'm just thinking that would be the best soaking music. And when we teach on slumbering spirit. But what I also saw, and you can just pray about this, what I also saw was that that recording that there were speakers on the outside of a building over this property and it just being released all night, just that sound awake, awake, awake. And I just feel this is a strategy of the Lord. So would you pray about it? And, and if the Lord says yes, if, if I could um, have one of the recordings <laughs> to use, that would be great. And Amy, it was really interesting when you said that you've been hearing the word defeat because since I've got here, we've been talking about feet and the Lord has been downloading things about feet. And I thought, defeat, defeat. Oh, this is another one of those things that the Lord is weaving together because defeat is under our feet. Amen? Amen. So with this message today, it's really interesting because um, I tried to talk the Lord out of it. <laughs> And, you know, I, I just started thinking, okay, this is what I need to do. And then I thought, oh, but Lord, I would really like to do a nice and fluffy, encouraging message. This one would be really nice. And this one would be really awesome. Lord, don't you think that this would fit better? And it's like, no, 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 no. And so I even asked a couple of other people. I thought maybe they would say, well, no, actually, I'm not sure that's the direction. But yeah, it seemed like the Lord wanted to go in this direction, and so this is the direction we're going to go, okay? And so I was just praying, thinking about what the Lord would have for us today, and I started thinking about the other mothers in the Bible, you know, just thinking about going through the mothers that the Lord would lay on my heart. And of course, the first one was Eve, the mother of all living, right? And she was, she's probably the, you know, the most famous mother in ever. And I wondered, I just began to wonder, I wonder if she regretted and, and what she felt when she sinned and all that resulted because of that. The curse that came upon her, the curse that came upon her family, the curse that came upon the world. You know, and I imagine she had a few thoughts about that, eh? And I wonder today, I wonder how, how old she was. And I don't know, I couldn't find how old she was, but Adam lived to be 930 years old. So she was probably up there as well. So she had lots of time to think about what had happened. And actually, if you think about it, over those years, it was just a few hundred years after Adam died when Noah came on the scene. And the world was so filled with wickedness and evil that the big flood came. And only a handful of people were saved. Wouldn't that be sad that this woman who was created by God, saw God face to face, talked to God face to face, and she lived to see how far 
people had come, how far away from God they drifted, how deep into sin they got. Wouldn't that be awful? <laughs> and I think every Christian mother on the planet has a chat with Eve when we're in labor. Yeah, at least after the 20-hour mark. It's like, for heaven's sakes, Eve, because that was part of the curse, that in labor, you know, in, in pain, we would bring forth children. And I remember having a chat with Eve, and I was thinking, I was thinking today, I think, you know, I still carry a fence at her. It's like, you know, we're to rise up and, and call the mothers blessed. And I thought, I don't know if I can rise up and call her blessed. I still have a bit of a fence over the labor thing. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, and it's been like 45 years since my firstborn. So I, and to carry a fence, that's probably a long time. Uh, but even gardening, you know, with the thistles and the, the thorns, right? And having to work by the sweat of our brow. You know, we're, we're continually reminded of that sin, of that door that was opened. And I, I guess I never really, and I don't know why, I've never just sat and considered how her heart must have been broken to hear that curse that death would come. They hadn't known death, but death would come if they sinned. But I never really considered that the first death that she experienced was the death of her son at the hand of another son. The conflict that was released, brother against brother, the pain that was released. And I've never thought of this before, but I thought about how her mother's heart must have hurt when Cain was cursed and he became a wanderer and I, I just, you know, I just sat there. You know, as you do, I think this is really healthy just to read a Bible story and ponder and to ask questions. And so I just asked the Holy Spirit, did Cain ever come home? I don't know. You know, it wasn't like he could pick up a phone and call his mom and say, hey, mom, how are you? Happy Mother's Day. You know, he was a wanderer. And I wonder what happened to that mother's heart to be separated from her son, but also to see the door that she had opened through sin, going her own way, rebellion against God, how hard it must have been to see that sin repeated in her children and in her grandchildren and in her great-grandchildren. I wonder if she died really a thousand deaths in regret. And I, I began to think of mothers, including myself, who carry regret over the doors that we opened, especially before we knew Christ. You know, I, I wanted to be the best mom, and I had this perfectionism thing going on. Um, so I wanted to be the perfect mom. I read every book. I did everything that I knew to do. Um, but in that perfectionism and in that striving, um, you know, I felt that my kids were a reflection of me, and so they needed to be good kids, and they needed to be perfect kids. And I realize now how much that hurt them. And I realize that in my own searches for God, I went into the occult, 
into you know fortune telling and Ouija boards and horoscopes and things like that, new age things. And I realized that I opened doors that my son has walked into. Now since that time, since becoming a Christian and especially since having Elijah House, I have repented and I've repented to my children. You know, every time I minister to a young person just about, um, you know, I, I think, oh my gosh, I did that to my own kids. And so I'll talk to them and I'll say, honey, I'm really sorry. I've just realized that, that I did this to you. And so my son, you know, he finally got to a point. Ma he said, mom, can I just give you absolute absolution? Can I just say right now that you, you know, it's okay. You don't have to come to me anymore. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, thank you, honey. But really, I want to confess this to you because I, I recognize I didn't mean to, you know, I, I really wanted, you know, to do the best for you guys, but I realized how much I didn't know. And in my ignorance, I really hurt you. And so I think that's really healthy. I, I got a little note from some people, I think it was in Malaysia, and they just passed it quietly. And they said, what do you do when your children find out that you have clay feet? meaning that you're not perfect. And I said, go to them. They know it already. <laughs> Talk to them about it. Repent to your kids. Say you're sorry. Change. That's the best repentance. Change. There's a deep regret and a deep sorrow, I think, that we carry, though, because even though those doors have been closed, you know, our children make choices of their own, and we see those patterns repeating, don't we? Although the power of them are broken, still our own kids, our grandkids. I'm a great-grandmother. It's amazing, but it's also amazing to see the things that are passed down. And so we pray more, we fast more, we love more, but we're aware, aren't we, that we are in a spiritual battle and that some doors have been opened and if you haven't closed them, if you haven't really gone into those places of repentance and confession for the things that, that you did, the things that open doors, especially when we go into the occult, especially when we go into sin or drugs or different sins that really open up the doors, be sure that you go into those places. It's not enough to have regret and be really, um, I really regret those days. That regret needs to take another step and become repentance. God, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean. But Lord, I realize that I opened up a door to some real spiritual things, some spiritual darkness. And it's through those open doors that those demons that Brad were talking about, they come in. And so sometimes our family is being harassed or hurt because they've come through an open door of some kind that we opened or grandma opened or great-grandma opened. But it's really important that we do the work, eh? The battle in my own life has been disappointment in me. And disappointed in me as a mom, disappointment in me as a grandma, disappointment in me as a daughter, and 
I realized that in my own brokenness, and in my mom's own brokenness, really, that I closed my heart to her very early in my life. And I felt that rejection from my mom. And so I, to protect my heart, I rejected her. I didn't think I'm rejecting my mom, but I know in my heart I did. And I withheld affection from her. And I shared during uh, the seminar that I have one memory of being held and touched by my mom, and that's when I was 16 years old and almost died from a surgery. And I had my head in her lap. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful memory, but you know, there's a deep sadness that I don't have a memory from before that. And so part of it was mom's inability to really cuddle and snuggle and love. But part of it was because I closed my heart to my mom and I had a hand up, really, and just a, a boundary. And I didn't really want relationship with my mom. I didn't need her. And so I did all the right things as a daughter because of the perfectionism thing, right? And I did not miss a Mother's Day that I can remember. A Mother's Day card, a call, I did the right things, um, I said the right things, but my heart was not in it. Do you know what I'm saying? And my deepest regret is to have missed years with my mom. And because of the judgments that I held against her, you know, I put my mom in a box and says, Mom, this is who you are. It wasn't who she was, but it was my perception of her. And so I missed so much life with her. And if you were to have asked me, did you dishonor your mother? I would have said no. <laughs> if you would have asked me before Elijah House. Because I was fine and I loved my mom and I honored my mom. But you know what? When I got to the motive of the heart, when I got into those deep places of the heart, it was actually, I didn't want relationship with my mom. I didn't want to hang out with her. And so there was a dishonor deep in my heart. I didn't need her. I decided when I was a little girl raising myself, I didn't need her. One of the, the deepest regrets is that when my parents, they both got cancer very close together, and they needed me, and they wanted relationship. You know, it, sometimes it takes something big to kind of wake us up and think, oh, Wow, okay, I'm, we're not going to live forever, so we need to reach out to our kids. But when they started to reach out to me, do you know what the first thing that came up in my heart was? I hate to admit this, especially on Mother's Day. But the first thing that came up in my heart was too little, too late. Isn't that awful? But it's those instant responses that we push down and think, oh, okay, you know. It's those instant responses that we need to pay attention to because it's the instant responses that are usually the more accurate. And so I begin to really pray into that. And it's like, oh, I've judged my parents that they've given me too little. And now it's too late. It's okay. I'm an adult now. I don't need you anymore. Wow, that's a little girl response right there. And it's like, oh, God, forgive me. For the way that I've closed my heart to my mom, the way that I've closed my heart to my dad. 
And so fortunately, I was able to pray those things through so that the last couple years of my mom and dad's life, particularly, we got really close. And I was able to take care of them, able to love them. And it was really interesting because my dad went blind and my mom, he was caretaking her. But then he got sick and he, he actually died before she did. But we would go and I would stay for two or three days every week and take care of them. And every night I would go in and tuck my dad in. I would tuck my mom in and I would kiss them goodnight. And I'd say, goodnight, daddy, I love you. Goodnight, mom, I love you. And I really meant it. And right before my dad died, <clears throat> he told his sister, my sister, his daughter, how much that meant to him. But you know, it wasn't a dutiful daughter. It was a daughter who loved mom and dad. And it wasn't fake anymore. And it wasn't dutiful anymore. It was heart. That's why we really talk about getting to the heart of things, because everything can really look good on the outside, and yet our heart be far from each other. I know that, that I carry a sorrow about, you know, my failures, and so I have to be careful with that because of those old echoes of performance orientation and parental inversion of having to take care of everybody and shame and all that stuff. But I just ask the Lord, you know, what's you and what's old stuff? What's godly sorrow? Because godly sorrow is an okay thing, right? Show me, Lord, my own heart, where I can't see my own heart. And, you know, being so far away from my kids, they live in um, America. One lives in Montana, one lives in South Carolina. So if you know America at all, it's about as far away from each other as they can get just because of work and jobs and things. I live in New Zealand, and uh, so it's, we're a really long ways away. And so, you know, I think about Eve and how her heart must have grieved to be so far away from her son. Did she ever get to see all those grandkids? Some of us are separated from our kids with long distances, but you know what? Some of us are separated from our kids or our parents in our heart. We can be sitting next to them right now doing the good church thing, and yet our heart be far from each other. Where do you put that kind of pain, especially on Mother's Day? Well, you can stuff it for a long time like I did. And just everything's okay and kind of get through Mother's Day and um, just go on. But I'm learning, especially in the last few years when I realized how dangerous it is to stuff that stuff down <laughs> and how much effect that they can have. To be really honest, Mother's Day, I was, I was laughing because Mother's Day forever, I've brought messages or I've worked. And it's like, I wonder why that is. Is it just, I, I forgot. I didn't even know today was Mother's Day when I said, yes, I'd speak here. I didn't have a clue until I looked at, oh, it's Mother's Day. So it's not something I'm deliberately doing. It's just something that's always worked out. So as you do, I just said, Lord, is there something to that? And it's like, yeah. That's how you're protecting your heart from disappointment. 
it's like, dang. Mm. You know, I got a few emails today, people around the world thanking me, you know, just the whole thing. You're a mother of nations. But you know where the pain is? Is when your own kids don't call. Yeah? <laughs> so I've processed this as I've processed um, what I was going to say. It was really interesting because I had ministry like last week. I didn't know I was going to have ministry. I was going there for something else. And um, this woman started asking me questions and asked me questions about disappointment in my life. And I said, I don't have disappointments. I don't think so. But I'll listen to my heart. Listen to my heart? No, really? No, I'm, I'm really great. It's great. And then, okay, Holy Spirit. And then these things came up. And this whole thing about being disappointed in me. And I cried so hard. I didn't know that was in me. And I do this journey stuff all the time, but I didn't know it was in me. And I was so disappointed and really dreading Mother's Day. But the most amazing thing, because I worked it out, right, and laid those disappointments down as you do through prayer ministry and sorted it out and, you know, how you, you renounce the expectations and those past experiences. This morning, quite early in the morning, my son called. And then my daughter sent a message, too. So it's like, thank you. And my, one of my stepdaughters sent a message as well. So it was like, oh, thank you, God. I just want to encourage you just in sharing this story. You know what? We're all on journey, aren't we? And I know my kids love me. But there's been some deep wounding over being separated, especially with my daughter. And so I've seen, oh, my gosh, I hardened my heart against my mother because of her being separated from her, taking care of myself, raising myself. And though we sorted all this out before I moved and asked permission and prayed about it, nobody knew how bad and how hard it was going to be. And so I see that for the past few years, my daughter has hardened her heart against me because the pain of being separated has been so great. She doesn't hold things against me. She doesn't hate me. But there's just been that it hurts too much, Mom. So therefore, I'm just going to step back. So sometimes we protect our heart that way. So I just encourage you, maybe if you have this against your mom or maybe against your daughter or whatever, dads or moms, that you would really process this out. It's like, am I protecting my heart by hardening my heart, by taking a step back, by getting busy so I don't have to feel, so I don't have to miss it? Or am I sitting with God honestly in my pain and saying, yeah, it really hurts. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I don't know how it could change. But I do know my God. And he is well able. Amen? I thought about Jochebed. I don't know if that's how you say her name or not, but that's Moses' mom. And, you know, it's always been a really cool Sunday school story. Oh, I need a tissue. Sorry. Who knew I was going to cry? Oh, thank you. Thank you.
And this is a really cool Sunday school story, don't you reckon? And she was so courageous, and she hid her baby until he was too big to hide anymore. And then she put him in this little basket in the bulrushes, and she waited and had her daughter wait. And the princess came and took Moses, and the baby was spared. And then it was really awesome because the mom got to go and nurse her baby, you know, to be the wet nurse for her baby. That's a happy story. And yet, as I was thinking about this with mothers, it's like, there is heartbreak woven all through that Sunday school story about all these moms who lost their babies. And this courageous mother who hid her little baby, but then couldn't hide him anymore and put him in the water and to save his life allowed him to be taken in by a pagan princess. And this son of hers, she must have known that there was something special about him and that he had a promise, right? So this special son was taken into the palace with the family who were creating the slavery, keeping her as a slave, and that same family who had killed all the other boys. That must have been horrible. That must have been so hard to release your son to be raised by someone else. And even as Amy said today, you know, sometimes people at Mother's Day, we carry the pain of having given up our babies for adoption or maybe believing that that was the very best thing. And yet, especially on Mother's Day, there can be a real pain in our heart, eh? Or someone who's lost a child through miscarriage or illness or maybe abortion. And so we carry that pain, and on a day like today, it just can begin to surface. I've never thought about this before. But do you know when, when Moses grew to be a man, you know, he was like a prince, right? And mama must have just been watching him and just being so proud of him and knowing that someday, you know, he was going to be the deliverer, the one drawn up out of the water. He was going to be the deliverer. Can't you just see this, mama? It's all been worth it. It's all been worth it because this one is going to be the promised one. This one is going to rescue us. But then to hear the news that he had killed an Egyptian and had fled to the desert. And he was gone for 40 years. He was 40 when he left. He was 40 years in the desert. So he was about 80 when he came back. I wondered if she was alive. I'd never thought of that before. Did she ever see the promise? Or did she die wondering where Moses was? Again, no communication, no email, no phone, no Skype. Wondering where her son was. And knowing that if he ever came back, he would probably be killed. And so you hope, but you can't hope. You know? It's like one of those double binds you get caught in. I want so desperately to see my son, but if he comes back, he'll be killed. And so I wonder if she ever saw him and if she ever saw those hopes be fulfilled. And I, I, you know, I just thought about it and prayed for all those mothers whose sons are in the desert. Or your daughters caught in addictions. Or just away from home. You know, I pray for people who haven't heard from their kids in a very long time. I prayed recently for someone 
who lives very close to her grandchildren, but she's forbidden to see them, and she doesn't know why. Samson's mother. Do you remember? Baron, all of a sudden, she gets this promise. She gets pregnant. This is awesome. And so there were some restrictions on this child. She did everything right. No alcohol, none of that stuff, you know. She did everything right, and she raised him right. Can you imagine how proud she must have been? This Jewish woman, you know, just really proud. Here's this, the strongest man in the world. And the judge. Have you heard about my son, the judge? <laughs> she must have been quite proud. But then, you guys have read the story, right? The disobedience, the foolishness, the foolish choices that he made, the decisions that he made. He just went his own way. And he got in so much trouble. And then to see and hear the stories that he had been robbed of his dignity. He had been robbed of his strength. He had been robbed of his sight. He was blinded. And he was forced to be a slave to the pagans. Grinding wheat. Can you imagine the struggle that that mom must have felt? It's like, God, is this the promised one? Lord, I did my best. I did everything that I knew how to do. And Lord, look at this. And then to hear the news that her son had killed himself by pulling down the pillars of a pagan temple. Now, I've always read that story and thought, oh, yes, Samson killed more Philistines. Was it Philistines? In his death than he did in his life. And it's a victorious story. But I've not ever read it with the heart of a mom or a dad. The potential, the hopes. And I wonder about those of you sitting here that you've done everything right. You've done everything. You've read the books. You've tried really hard. And yet your children have gone their own way. And you pray and you pray and you wonder. And some moms, their children have chosen suicide. That's, that's a hard thing to carry on Mother's Day. I just ministered recently to a mom. Two of her sons had committed suicide. What a grief to carry in your heart. And so as I was thinking about all these things, and even now, I said, Lord, this is awful. This is not a good Mother's Day sermon. I don't want to do this. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want people leaving here all snivelly and depressed and, you know, all that stuff. Lord, do you have a point here? And so I felt like the Lord said, yes, he had a point, and he had something that he wanted to say. So I, wanna, I wrote it down, and I just want to read to you what I felt like the Lord said. And he said, yes, I have a point. And this is for mamas, but this is also for daddies. For all of us who carry disappointment in our heart, or any of us who carry regret in our heart, or disappointment in our heart. You know, I don't know if there are any stepmothers or stepfathers in the house. But I tell you what, that's not an easy walk. 
and I haven't done it very well. I've tried. I just, you know, it's really hard, especially with adult children, isn't it? I don't know if there's anybody here that has that privilege, but it's really a challenge as well. But it was really, really interesting because I just keep, you know, thank God. Oh, I'm just so thankful for some healing. I'm so thankful for some tools because I just keep loving, keep loving, keep loving. And sometimes I get tired of being the initiator. God, why is it me always, right? But it's like, oh, we're the ones to take the step. We're the ones to love. We need to love large, right? And so just hanging in the journey, not saying anything, just, just loving, just loving. And it hasn't been so long ago that my stepchildren's mother, she looked at me and she gave me a hug. And she said, thank you for being such a good mother to my children. It's like, wow. Don't give up. If you feel like you're always the initiator, that's okay. Keep initiating relationship. Keep initiating love. Keep your heart open, even when it hurts. Don't ignore your disappointment. Be real with it, but don't wear it either. Don't allow those disappointments to keep you from hoping, keep you from trusting, keep you from believing. So let me release this word, all right? Are you ready? This is, you can discern it. This is what I felt like the Lord said. Tell them that whatever their disappointments, whatever the losses, whatever their regrets, whatever their loneliness and broken dreams, they are to look to me. To trust me for what they cannot understand and to release to me what they cannot hold on to. To trust me and hope against hope. To bring their empty hearts and empty arms to release the disappointments, and to release the fears. To bring their sin to me so I can forgive. To stop beating themselves up. And to stop taking responsibility for what they are not responsible for. To offer up to me the disbelief and to battle against the disbelief. To ask for the gift of faith to believe that I will surely work it all out together for good. No matter what it looks like. I'm going to read that again. To ask for the gift of faith to believe that I will surely work it all out together for good. On this day of honoring mothers, their hearts can rest in my comfort, in my nurture, and my protection. Pursue relationship. Offer up to me the fragrant offering of brokenness. In that broken place, you're not disqualified. In that broken place, if we offer it to Jesus, it's a fragrant offering to him. As I was just pondering over this, I thought of something Lisa Bevere said. 
Because, you know, there were times that I've said, God, I think I've blown it. You know, I don't even know, Lord. I, I've just, uh, I've so messed up. I regret the years that I lost with my mom. And, you know, I had such a bitter root expectation of rejection that when my grandma would come down, the other kids would be climbing all over her. And I remember standing in a corner just watching, and I was so afraid to crawl up on her lap and ask for a hug. I never did. And so at my grandma's funeral years and years ago, I realized I did not have one good memory of my grandma. It was not her fault. It was because I was so afraid because of my rejection that I didn't ask. I didn't go forward. I'm sad she didn't pursue me, but I hid all the time. And so the regret of not having a memory of my grandma and having one memory of being touched by my mom, the, the regret of holding my mom at a distance for a lot of years by being the good daughter but holding myself apart from her. Those are big regrets. Time that I can't get back. And so I encourage you, don't lose one more day. If you need to call your mama, Call your mom. Initiate. Reach out to her. If you need to call your kids today and say, man, I heard a message and I realized that I've hurt you and I've never confessed that. I have never sat down and talked with you about how angry I was when you were growing up. I've never talked to you about my alcoholism. I've never talked to you about how much it must have hurt you when dad and I broke up. If you need to talk to your children, talk to them. Pursue them. If you need to pursue your grandma, pursue your grandma. When I found out three years ago that I had cancer, um, they didn't know if it had spread so if it had spread, they, they, they said you'd have five years. That was three, four years, three years ago. It hadn't spread, and I just had my tests, and I'm clear as can be. But that really sobers things if you think I have five years left. In those five years, what would I do? What would I do? Time to me is the most precious gift now. Seriously. Don't waste one day. Ask Jesus, is there something I need to do for my mom, for my wife, for my daughter? And I just want to close here with um, something that Lisa Bevere said. If you think you've blown God's plan for your life, rest in this, you, my beautiful friend, you are not that powerful. You've not blown it. It's not too late. And so, Heavenly Father, we just invite you to come. We invite you to come in every place where we're holding disappointment, where we're holding regret, 
where we might be holding, Lord, the tension or the stress, Father, of pain that has been suppressed for so long. Lord, I, I was so blessed when, when Brad prayed concerning the unmet need, and I just add my prayer to that. Lord, for everyone who's holding sadness and grief because of the things that they needed from a mama but didn't receive. Lord, I pray that you would heal their heart and pour into them everything that they needed but did not receive. Father, would you reveal any resentment that we might have in our heart toward our mom? Is there any unforgiveness? Is there any bitterness? Is there anything that we have not sorted out? Holy Spirit, would you get past the performance? Would you get past the perfection? Would you just come past the denial? And would you show us the truth? Lord, we want to love large. But, Lord, it has to begin in our families. So, Father, if we've hardened our heart, would you show us? If we've distanced from one another, would you show us, Father? And would you awaken in us a new love? Would you awaken in us a new way of expressing that love to one another? Father, would you turn every heart of the mamas to their children and the children to their mothers? And instead of walking in curse, instead of being like Eve and just seeing the destruction and the increase of evil and the increase of darkness, Father, I just pray for a new breed of women who are courageous and bold and who will admit their sin and confess their sin, who are willing to be healed and strong enough to stay in that, in that refining process. Lord, will you bless your women to be lovers, to be healers, to be, true to be true mothers in the faith. Father, we haven't blown it. We step into your timing right now. We ask for a new day. Courage to keep our heart open. Courage to hope. Come, Holy Spirit. Heal what's broken. Encourage our fearful hearts. Break the power of the generational sowing and reaping between mothers and daughters and daughters and granddaughters. Restore our families that the in, there would not be an increase of evil, but an increase of glory. 
and an increase of blessing. And even as pastor prayed that we would prosper, that we would go forth and multiply, that we would go forth and be fruitful. Encourage our heart today, Lord, that we wouldn't leave here sad. We would leave here encouraged and strengthened with a determination in our heart that inasmuch as it depends on us, we will pursue peace. And we will pursue healing. And we will pursue reconciliation. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. power of vulnerability makes it safe. Such a, such an oxymoron. Thank you for sharing your testimony. Thank you for releasing hope here. We all get to witness each other's breakthroughs, yeah? We're going to, in the future, look back and say, remember, remember, we continue to press forward and there will be breakthrough. Thank you for that prophetic word released as well. Lord bless you, Sandy. Lord bless you.